name's David Vardabini, and thanks so much for tuning in to Get Real Sobriety. Hope you enjoy this show. Welcome back to Get Real Sobriety. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice. I just sang for four hours. Um, <laughs> I'm here with Tasha Martin. Hello. Hi. Um, I think uh, the last podcast we did was on steps four and five, right? Yes. And uh, I better put my glasses on because I can't see anybody. Um, Are those prescription? I know, right? (laughs) Samantha, we were doing a podcast yesterday and she's like, do you have your other glasses? I feel like I'm talking to a rock star. Yeah, right. I feel like I can hear. I wear my sunglasses at night playing in the background. I'm so blind that literally if I don't have my glasses on, I can't see you. (laughs) So we did steps four and five last time and, you know, really kind of, you know, doing the inventory, reading the inventory, but the most part is looking for behavioral patterns that we don't want to repeat, you know, and and looking for, um, you know, that fourth column of the resentments of, you know, was I selfish, self-seeking, inconsiderate, dishonest? Yeah, what was um, my part? What's your part? And so it kind of, you know, like I always say, like I break the steps down one through three, four through nine, but I believe like four through nine is like one big step. It's just kind of a continuum. You yeah. know, you, you write it, you read it, you look at your defects of character, your shortcomings, you look at the amends and everything. That's kind of the meat and potatoes, I would say, of like, you know, or tofu and broccoli. <laughs> Depending right? on who you ask. Right? Yeah. It depends on who you ask. Is that that's kind of like where you're doing the work, you know, as we yes. call the work, the the start of the work. So, you know, we looked for our part in it, um, in it, um, behavioral um, patterns, I guess you would say, yeah, and seeing like how our life has gone on, you know. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Looking for those like. Um, I mean, for lack of a better term, like those triggers, you know, those things that um, cause us to act in certain ways or being able to catch our thought processes. I mean, I think for me and like the step six and seven is a lot of that in particular, that it's like recognizing the way I think because as I learned early on in treatment, you know, that... You know, oh, your thoughts don't have to dictate your actions. And right. that was like a revolutionary idea to me. <coughs> and so I Excuse think me. like for addicts and alcoholics in general, there is um, a disconnect or maybe a better way to put it. It's like there's a there's an over connection between our thoughts and our actions. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, think about it. Every time you have a thought or something bothers you, you know, there's a feeling after that, like, oh, fuck, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, or exactly. like something in your stomach or some cortisol gets released in you, you know, if you get anxious or you get excited or whatever it is, that's, you know, it's that thought, you know? Yeah. And so they talk about, and st- uh, step six is that, you know, and, and again, writing a book called, you know, 12 Steps Without God, here it is, you know? <laughs> We are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And so um, how do we get around that? You know, people, okay, Dave, here we go. You know, (laughs) it's like it's saying God right there. And, And again, I'd say it's just a word. But in particular, 
you know, the defect of character. I mean, you really have to define what that is, you know. And so um, we, I, I do it in these two chapters of like, I look at like behaviors that were working for us when we were, you know, addicted or even through your whole life before you were addicted. You know, oh, yeah. Things that like were told to you and what that story was, you know. And so um, in one part of the book, uh, in this, in these two chapters, I talk about. I forget. I was teaching a class at drug court or something, and this girl said to me, "She goes, well, that's how my great grandmother did it. That's how my grandmother did it. That's how my mother did it. That's how I'm going to do it." And I'm like, "Did you ever think yeah. that it might not be the right way to do it?" You know? Yeah. Well, exactly. And I mean, it's so. It is so hard to change the way we've been doing things for forever and I think you kind of you said it you know that I mean I know for myself uh I definitely think that I had the ism I had the disease of addiction way before I picked up a drink (sighs) or a drug way before I mean we've talked about that before that um and so I know that for me and especially now where I'm at in my recovery, you know, I'm in two weeks less, I'll have 18 months. Oh, Woo. congratulations. Yay. Um, but like for me, the daily kind of stuff that I am working on, it isn't, oh, I'm obsessing about using. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a passive aggressive bitch. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, why am I doing that? Or like, why am I jealous of the good things that are happening to my friends that then make me lash out at that. Like, what is that? Like, well, didn't you put that one thing on uh, Instagram lately? It's like before when I do crazy stuff, I could blame it on drugs and yeah. alcohol. And now when you do crazy, you just say, I'm yeah, fucking sorry, crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Then that's really, it is that's like, perfect. I mean, that kind of just, you know, kind of segues into people say, well, what is a defect of character? I mean, it's not something that's in our DNA. It's some. It's learned behaviors. You know, it's yeah. it's manipulation. It's lying. It's cheating. It's it's fear. It's anxiety. All this stuff that comes up is like, well, you know, I'm entirely ready yes. to have these removed. You know, and so it it almost lends to like, well, if I do this, they'll be removed, but. It, it's more about an awareness of that. Like you said, I'm a manipulative bitch. Yes. You know, I, I'm aware of that. So it's it's not up to some entity to fly down and like, oh, you're... Yeah, and you know, poof, you're, magic. You're, yeah. you're clean as the driven snow. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. But it's more about, oh, wow, I have this awareness that I'm that I have this defect of character. Let's see. It's just kind of a weird word, but it's like yeah. that I do this thing. You know, that when I get in these situations, I'm not able to not lie or something. Yeah. Or I get in the situations and I'm not able to not get anxious. You know? Yeah. So <clears throat> what is the process of doing that? Now, I remember going through the big book the very first time. And you can reference this um, <clears throat> on page 76 Six and seven is where they talk about, you know, steps six and seven. I love that you know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a, like word association. So <laughs> they, it's so weird. And, you know, and I'm just speculating, but they, they don't really, it's literally two paragraphs 
to one of the most important steps, the, yeah. the two mm -hmm. steps that I think of the of the hall, the 12 steps. <clears throat> because if you don't change your behavior, you're going to kind of stay stuck, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm not drinking or using, but I'm still, you know, the drunken horse thief thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, what do you have when you sober up a drunken horse thief? Well, you have a horse thief. <laughs> now it's about the behavioral changes, you yeah. know, and, 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 my, and my defects of characters or my shortcomings, you know? So, you know, what, how do we do that? You know, it's, it's, no one's gonna, you know, or no entity is going to wash you lily clean. You know, it's a, it's a process of recognizing it and, and, uh, and being able to like have that awareness and then say, yeah, what are some of the steps that I can take to change this, you know? I was in a, a book study, I run a book study um, <clears throat> on, uh, on Wednesday nights and we went around the room and, mm -hmm. I, and we were talking about what, what is something different that you, that you don't do anymore that you, you know, that's better in your life, you know? And some people said, well, you know, I, I used to be like socially awkward or I had social anxiety and now I'm more open to, you know, um, getting out there. I would never set boundaries before, and now I'm able to set boundaries. Yeah. And there's there's so many different things in our behavior that we've just kind of packed into, you know, our lives, you know, since childhood to now. And what's been what was told to you, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and 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 how you held on to that, you know, and not to get so like, you know. Uh, you know, psychobabble and like, you know, inner child has been wounded and yeah. all of that. But still, for, the, for a lot of these things, these behaviors just perpetuate through your life. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think, too, that there's something to be said for just, you know, survivalism. That, right. um, And I know that it talks about that in the big book. It talks about that in the 12 and 12. You talk about it in your book that like, um, you know, we engage in behaviors that have worked for us. Right. And, you know, to change those pattern of, patterns of behavior, I think it's totally natural for the, us to feel like a natural pushback against it because we, this is what we've done to survive for so long. Right. And that whether it's like a person reinforcing the behavior, like a parent or a family member or a friend or, you know, uh, or whether it's, like literally like this is what you had to do to survive yeah um and recognizing that that contrary action that um it's going to be uncomfortable but it's a it it's helpful i mean i know we've all heard that you know truism that you know progress not perfection and i think with step six and seven that's especially true and it's it's a you know two steps forward and one step back is still a step forward so even once I have that awareness, like the awareness of one of, of a shortcoming of mine or a, a way that I'm behaving in a certain situation, that that's helpful. And then it's, you know, slowly often in my case, maybe because I'm stubborn, um, being willing to like act differently. Yeah. And, and, and take some of the uh, appropriate steps to get there. But in these two steps, I think one of the biggest one word is willingness. Yes. Are you even willing to do this? You know, and so this is where they talk about emotional maturity, mm -hmm. spiritual maturity. It's kind of like, 
you know, as drug addicts and alcoholics, I hate to say it, we're kind of like these like little baby self-centered. Just oh, yeah. like everything's about us and we're a victim all the time. And how could it be about me? It's about them. If they didn't do that, I wouldn't act like this. It's yeah. all, it's this big babyism, you know? And it's so, totally Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> exactly. And so we're, a, a, and I wrote about this in the book, it's about that emotional maturity, you mm-hmm. know? And like, okay, but I'm taking responsibility for me. It's I'm if as long as the problem's out there, I can't change it. You know, yeah. it's like back to the serenity prayer. You grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, me, mm-hmm. and the wisdom to know the difference. You know yeah. what I can change and what I can't. You know, and again, I, I reiterated. You know, most of this stuff is not in your DNA. You know, it's all learned behaviors and anything learned can be unlearned, you know. So if you really look at like what a character defect is and how you can change it. And that's what they're saying. Become entirely ready to, you know, remove all my defects of characters. Well, like you said, progress, not perfection. You know, the layers of the onion. Some things you're not going to even recognize in early sobriety. Oh, yeah. In early recovery is that it took me a long time. You know, I'm celebrating, you know, I'm half your age almost, I think, about. And I'm celebrating 32 years on July 8th, you know. So that's, you know, I mean, that's an accomplishment on one thing. Yeah, it is. And that doing the work, you know, it's always comes back, well, what is the work? Mm -hmm. What do we do? You know, People ask me that all the time because I say, you know, you need to do the work. Well, what is the work? Well, it's the 12 steps, you know. And these two steps, I believe, is what's going to kind of shift the perception, shift the way you look at things, you know. And we go back to, you know, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the Mm results of these steps. Well, six and seven are huge because they're talking about patterns of your behavior that did, like you said, work for a long time. And it's not like all of a sudden we stopped drinking and using drugs and poof, we're like these great people. Yeah, you probably (laughs) won't do things that we did like to, you know, um, compromise your morals or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, hang around with, you know, lower companions. But the point being is that you still have these things built in because they were working for you, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, right, I can I can manipulate or I can lie or I can cheat or, you know. Oh, yeah, or, you know, like even just, you know, going off of one of the examples you gave earlier, you know, that like uh, setting a boundary to, makes me uncomfortable, you know, or like having to say no to someone. Right. Like I know that that was something I really struggled with. It is something I still, you know, because I'm a, I have people pleasing tendencies, um, and that's hard because a lot of us I think don't want to let people down. We feel like we've done a lot of that, and, but over time and the longer I've been sober, it's just you recognize when things don't make you feel good. You right. know that when saying yes to something that you really don't want to do like there's a certain amount of like oh oh you don't want to go to a meeting you know well you should probably go yeah. like what's it really going to hurt you right. know but if like you've worked a, a, a you know six days out of a work week and you're exhausted and someone asks you to 
you know, take them to, you know, on some long car ride or right. what? I don't know. It's okay to set a boundary set and say boundary. no, right. you know, because you need to preserve yourself. And I, and, and it all comes down to that, you know, um, that our own house is in order, yes. you know, that we, you know, we can't, we can't be fit spiritually unless our own house is in order to help another person. But, but looking, there's, you know, the big word I talked about was willingness. Are yeah. you willing to go through this? The other word is, you know, uh, humility, you know, and having Absolutely. the humility to, to, to look at something that's not working in your life and say, fuck it, I, I have to change this because what does it do? It creates suffering. You know, oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like if I, if I continue not to set boundaries and I say yes to everything, then it turns around to where I start to get resentful mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm the victim. And then you just get in this perpetual fucking, you know, down this rabbit hole of like, oh my God, why is everyone treating me like this? You know, and, yeah. and we create or co-create everything in our lives, you know? And, and, and so you really look at, you know, those two words, defective character, shortcoming. And, and, you know, shortcoming could fit right into with boundary settings, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it is, you know, I think that humility is something that comes slowly over a period of time. Right. You know, it, at first, at least it, for myself and a lot of people, I know I think that, you know, when you f- first get clean, you think, you know, humility, you know, that sounds lame. Uh, and like it's somehow like degrading yourself, you know? Yeah, they they use the. I mean, there's two different words. There's yes. humiliated. Yes. And you know, um, I, I have I have humility. You know, I'm not being humiliated. It's to me what it really came down to was like, hey, I have this willingness mm-hmm. to take direction from another person and and to get really honest with myself of how these behaviors are, are, you know, acting. And again, everything goes in balance, you know. Yeah. Like a character defect can be, can work in our advantage sometimes. But, you know, the whole thing you have to ask yourself, is this hurting another person? Is it hurting me? Yeah. Is by me not setting boundaries? Is this setting up a resentment? And then having a resentment takes me back to drinking or compromises yeah. my immune system, all the shit we've talked about before. But, you know... The, the, those two big words is willingness. Do I, am I willing to even look at this? Mm-hmm. And am I going to be humble enough to take direction and go, look, I need to get honest with myself. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Oh, yeah. I think self-honesty. You know? We talked about that last time. Self-honesty yeah. is like the hardest kind of honesty, I think. Because it's, you know you could admit over and over again to, you know, if someone keeps telling you like, oh, you have a drug problem, you have a drinking problem, and you can say, yeah, you know, yeah, I know I do, you know, to them, but to really concede to your innermost self that, you know, you're an addict, you're an alcoholic, that, you know, you're codependent, that you, whatever the case may be, like that, at least in my world, means once I've made that admission, I need to do something about it. Right, Mm -hmm. and it, you know, or the people, you know, that lean on, well, you know, I'm a fucking, I drink because I'm an alcoholic. Well, mm. okay. Okay. Well, but it's killing you, so you can change, right? And so, 
it, it's, I, I, it's disconcerting when people will say, you know, that's just my behavior because I'm an alcoholic. I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, yeah. that, that's like such a cop-out. Yes. It's such an easy way to, you know, like, oh, I do this because I'm a schizophrenic or I do this because yeah. I'm manic depressive. It's like, wait a minute. If this can be changed, it's not like, you know, I have an arm. Okay, well, you have an arm. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. You know, it's like this is a behavior that can be changed for the most part, you know, and we, I think we talked about that before. It's like, you know, the four senses, you know, yes. like, or, or, you know, what, what most mammals do is, you know, uh, procreate, you know, protect their young, mm-hmm. seek shelter, seek food, you know, the things that are just built into, you know, it's hot, get shade, you know, it's cold, put, get warm, you know, yeah. uh, procreate my tribe, I, you know, have sex. And so, the point is, is that when things are out of balance, you know, yeah. that's when you really have to look at it. You know, everyone, every human being is going to have these different behaviors and character defects. But for alcoholics and addicts, the things that were working for us before, before aren't working for us now. And that they'll become more and more uncomfortable. You know, yeah. it's, it's like. Trust is a big, you know, deal. It's like not being able to trust anyone. Well, why? Where does that come down to, you know? Or not being able to tell the truth, you know? Yes. I was talking to Samantha about this. It's like, why can't a person, you know, why can't they just like, when they know it's the right thing to do, they, you know, duck and dodge. Well, it comes down to self-worth too. It's not thinking enough for yourself or even honoring that other person. So these are all these different, you know, character defects. And that's why in six and seven, they say list your character defects. You know, what are they? Why do you think you have them? What are some of the actions that you can do to, you know, get, you know. To counteract them. Counteract them, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's so many different things, but. The two big words, again, that I'll reiterate is willingness and humility. Is to be able to look at yourself honestly. And once you start taking those actions, then you become becoming you know emotionally mature yeah and and spiritually mature and the in the, the you said what do you mean by spiritually mature dave it's like well you're having that different perception you're looking at things differently you know and and uh you know there's one part of uh i think it's in step seven in the 12 and 12 it says I don't think it's in six. It could be, but I don't know if that book would. But it says, this is a step that separates the men from the boys. And I added in my book, you know, the girls from the women. Yeah. And they're like, well, what does that mean? It's like, in the context of that is that, yeah, you're becoming a responsible human being. So I think that's what you're saying. A little boy runs around in the Peter Pan, blah, blah, blah. I'll do whatever I want. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And, and, a, and a man is like, well, I have to take a responsibility. I have to do these things for my family, for my, mm-hmm. my life. You have to show up for work and all of this. And so when they say this separates the girls from the women or the men from the boys, you know, what are they talking about there? Yeah. So um, I believe it's the emotional, emotional maturity, which to me is is taking responsibility for myself and then the spiritual maturity is looking at 
things differently, you know. And I remember when I when I um, was trained to teach domestic violence prevention mm-hmm. for adolescents or whatever, and you know, the thing that jumped out at me was it said, you know, life is ten percent. Bless you, Tasha's going to see. I was. Oh no, it's right. gone now. For now. Um, 10% what happens. There it is. There salute. It is. Um, 10% what happens. Or, yeah, 10% what happens and 90% how you react to it. Yes. So, again, change in perception. You know, when I look at things differently, the things that I look at change. I mean, it just, it, there's no other way around it. So, you know, a lot of people will read that line, you know, this is the step that separates the girls from the women and the boys, you know, men, boys from men, men from boys. So, so, you know, now getting down to what are the character defects? You know, what are some of my character defects? What are some of your character defects that you can look at? You know, we talked about boundary setting. We talked about, you know, um, just avoidance and like yeah. say, oh, well, I have social anxiety, so I'm not going to go outside. Yeah. How's that working for you? Yeah. You, know, right? you need a job, right? In theory, yeah. Yeah. Um, was that, were you actually asking me what my character defects are? Well, I think, you know, I'll list them. it's, I mean, we can list them off, but it was so funny when I first went through this stuff. And again, I didn't really understand what the fuck the guy was talking about, you know, defects of characters. I mean, I looked at that fourth column and I saw the inconsiderate, yeah. selfish, self-seeking, dishonesty, and the big one, fear. Yeah. Right? And I love it, um, the way that they coin it in the big book, you know, this evil, corroding yes. yeah. thread that weaves itself through that's poetic our, i was like wow evil corroding thread that's gnarly yeah right? it, <laughs> so fear i believe comes down to motivation of everything you know it's either we're coming from a place of love or we're coming yeah. from a place of fear so it's a great way to judge a character defect you know is what is the motivation behind this behavior Am I coming from a place of love? Self-love could be, yeah. you know, or consideration for someone else, you know. What is it? What, you know, and it's all about the recognition, you know. So, yeah. you know, what's an example for you? I mean, I know you said that, like, passive aggression, manipulative bitch, you know. Yeah. But just if, if there's one thing that, you, that comes to your mind that you, you think that you've been working on or you're working on changing, what would that be? Um, I mean, I think for myself, um, I mean, I feel like it's maybe like overdone, over talked about, but like negative self-talk, um, talking badly about myself to myself. And I think, you know, I've, it's been very comforting over, you know, the last many months to know that I'm not the only one who has that problem. Um, but it really is catching yourself in the middle of, of doing it. I have, I have a friend who, and this was a long time ago, not even in this round of my recovery, uh, that told me that, you know, if I can catch myself 
mid-thought when I'm thinking something, you know, derogatory about myself to (coughs) purposefully say the opposite of that. And even though it feels like it feels really dumb, I'm not going to lie. Like I slowly (coughs) but surely those thoughts are less. Right. You know, the more that I can catch myself, like if I'm thinking like, oh, you look really fat today, you know, or like, God, you look terrible, you know, Um, or that I'm not smart enough to do something at work or, you know, I'm never going to get to where I want to be or I'm never, I'm going to be alone forever, whatever those thoughts are. Um, to, to consciously, and for me, it, I often have to actually say it out loud, uh, that just say like, you know, that's bullshit. You know, who asked you? <laughs> right. Where, you, you know, what story, did, where did that come from? Yeah. And know? where is that coming from? Right. And then it, it really has, it is, it is kind of amazing that, I more often than not, you know, like I, I've noticed that I don't think those things as much. Yeah. Um, or when I do, I recognize it that much faster and it doesn't still affect me. Like I think in the beginning I would, you know, I would, I did what my friend told me to do and said the, the opposite of that. But, you know, it still sat with me. Like I knew what I really thought. And, but these days, it's it's a lot like those passing thoughts that I have about using or drinking. Right, it where becomes it, less and less. It just passes you know? through. And I and I truly believe that, you know, and I say it so many times in my book is that we can't think our way into the right action. Yeah. We need to act our right way into the right thinking. And when those thoughts come up, we change, you know, what we do, or we change the story. We're rewriting the story of our lives. Yeah, that we're a piece of shit. We're an ex-convict. We're stupid we didn't do this right you know i'm not good enough to you know apply for this job i mean it's all these things that come in that are built into us the story yeah that you know where did it come from you know it's i remember a friend a friend of mine we were listening to the radio one time and i think that tom petty song said you know even the losers get lucky sometimes and i'm yeah. and i'm seeing i go that's my life story and he goes you're not a fucking loser i mean <laughs> rewrite that story i mean Focus on your accomplishments instead of your failures. Yeah. And I get it, you know, like everything's a lesson. Every time I fail or every time I do something wrong, how can I change, you know, what can I do to change that? And what's the lesson that I can learn from failing or succeeding, you know? And then it comes down to the contrary action, you know? So in steps six and seven, they really talk about having the willingness and, and the humility to say this isn't working anymore and yeah. I need to change it, you know, and, and negative self-talk, self-talk is probably on the list of everyone, you yeah. know, and, and not thinking they're good enough or, you know, or unless you're a sociopath or something. <laughs> yeah, where, some megalomaniac. Yeah, where you're just like, you know, I'm killing you because you're making me kill you. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. It's what you did because, you know, and I have to kill you. But it comes down to, you know, when I said, when my sponsor took me through these, he, um, you know, we read that part of the big book and I was like, that... That's it? That's, that didn't even say anything, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, my theory is, and it could be completely wrong, is that when they wrote the book, they weren't as clear on to what that was. Yeah. Until, you know, what was it... Uh, 14 years later or whenever, I think in 1950, they wrote the big book in 39. 
and the mm-hmm. 12 and 12 and, and, um, and 1953. And so yeah. in those 14 years, when Bill wrote the, uh, the 12 and 12, it goes more into depth. And so, you yeah. know, if this is something, when you get to this step, you need to read that. You need to read the 12 and 12. Oh, absolutely. You need to read, you know, my book. I kind of outline it really well. Um, and there's another book called Drop the Rock. Oh, yeah. You know, when so I got good. to this portion of my book, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, I mean, again, if I know nothing else, I know how to work the 12 steps. <laughs> but when I got to six and seven, I really wanted to do some research. I really wanted to hit home. And so I, re- I reread the 12 steps. I reread the Narcotics Anonymous um, basic text. Mm-hmm. I read Drop the Rock. And I kind of got an idea of what, how I wanted to um, present this in yeah. my book. And, and it does come down to, you know, what they talk about. They talk about in the 12 and 12, those seven spiritual laws, or no, the seven deadly sins. Yes. You know, which is kind of biblical, but... It's, you know, even in Buddhism, they say, what is a sin? You know, it's basically when we miss the mark. Yeah. You know, when something, when we do something and it's not comfortable for us, you know, um, the seven deadly sins, you know, uh, I have I have them written in here somewhere where it's like, let's try to get it. Like, Anger, sloth. greed, sloth, gluttony. Uh, Pride, envy, envy, lust, lust. How could we uh, forget that we one? Forget We're lust, so lame. Right? So I was going to pause save there, <laughs> but so you think about those seven deadly sins, and this is what my sponsor did after we read uh, six and seven, or you know, on page seventy six in the big book. He took out a business card and he wrote down the seven deadly sins, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, <laughs> I think I saw it somewhere. I mean, this is before the movie came out, and I, you know, I wasn't a biblical scholar, or yeah, anything, yeah. to say the least. And and he was like, "Well, look at these." So you know, let's take anger, mm-hmm. you know, or the, I think they say wrath. Sometimes oh yeah, in, in in biblical deals. So if you take wrath, like, what does that mean? Like, so anger. Well, everyone gets angry. I mean, you get frustrated and all of these things, but it's about when it gets out of balance. Yes. You know, when you get so angry that you physically hurt someone or you get so angry or you physically hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. That's out of balance. You lose control. And when you can see these things coming up, you know, they say pause when agitated. You know, what can we do? Take a step back. See how I can be helpful to another human being, you Mm know. Um and, you know, I went through, you know, gluttony, not trying to, you know, just be a glutton. Even if it's not food, it could be for oh, a so relationships, yeah. emotional deals, you know, sloth as I never, you know, do anything. I'm just so fucking lazy and procrastinate. Um, but lust, you know, I'd been locked up in prison for three years, you know, yeah. and I was like, huh, I still had a year to go on my sentence. And I'm, I just, I, I thought his, like, what he was saying is like, well, you can never have sex anymore. And I was uh, like, yeah. Well, I haven't had sex in prison for like, but I was thinking about dating when I get out. Yeah. You know? and so, <laughs> yeah. But, and he didn't even explain it. But, and so throughout the years, it's like when it becomes out of, out of balance, mm-hmm. you know? So, of course, everyone, like, you might look at someone and go, God, they're really cute. You know? Yeah. That's normal, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, they're really cute. 
and uh, you walk up to them and say, "Hey, you know, my name's Tasha." Uh, like, and they're like, "Yeah, no thanks." And and then you're like, "No, no, actually, I need to talk to you." And they're like, <laughs> "Oh God, uh, yeah, stalker!" And, then, and like, yeah, conk them over the head and drag Pepper them in the spray. bushes. Yeah, out of balance. Right? That's way out of balance. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like Dexter level. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's all about taking those. You know, looking at those. It's kind of like a you know, a guideline to what a character defect is. And then yeah. you look at dishonesty, inconsiderate, you know, frightened, you know, um, uh, selfish, self-centeredness, all these things that you can look at and then be willing to change them, you know? And yeah. so like, I think the... You know, that's why I love that we have kind of this, like, guide to life. It's like, the, well, what do we do? I don't know, Dave. Like, I mean, <laughs> how do I change a character defects? Well, contrary action. Yeah. You know? And, and in my book, a book, of The Twelve Steps Without God, <laughs> I, I use the St. Francis Prayer, which is, to me, I used to think uh, it's on page 135 in the book. If you have my book and you're reading along, watching the <laughs> bouncing ball. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, St. Francis of Assisi, right? Yes. I mean, the backstory on this guy, it's just like anything. Everyone has these emotional upheavals. His dad was one of the biggest garment dealers in Europe at that time. And his name, Francis, is that it? St. Francis, yeah. yeah. He was named after the country of France because that was one of his dad's biggest accounts. So he's in Italy. And so yeah. this is the backstory I read somewhere. It could be complete bullshit. I read it somewhere. Though, right? <laughs> Fake news. And then um, he was, they were really wealthy. Yeah. You know, he wore silk. He just like whatever, had whatever he wanted. And then he had this moment where it wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like when the Buddha went through and he was a prince and his dad was hiding any suffering. And St. Francis was like, I, I, I have everything and it's not enough. And yeah, so he exactly. had this, you know, kind of moment of clarity, just like any of us do when drinking or using. We have this moment of clarity. This isn't working for me. I need fulfillment spiritually, you know, not from a God, whatever. But this is more of a biblical thing. But what he talked about and was so brilliant, and it, there's nothing magic about it, you know. It says, make me an instrument of your peace. And so my inner peace is basically yeah. the way I look at it, is where there is hatred, let me sow love, you know. And so where, there, where I'm so angry, how can I... How can I, what contrary action can I do mm -hmm. to reverse that? Like you were saying, yeah. you know, it's like, what, what's the opposite that I can do? Where there is injury, pardon, forgiveness, right? Yes. Where there is doubt, faith, where there's despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy, grant that I, might, that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console not to always like what can you do for me what can i yeah. do for you right to be under to, to be understood as to understand to be loved as to love for it is giving that we receive it is in pardoning forgiving basically yes. that we are forgiven you know it is dying that we are born into eternal life 
and you think, oh, eternal life. Now you're talking about this whole right. biblical oh, thing. Now yeah. it's, the eternal life for me is free of all this fucking suffering oh, that, yeah. that we cause by all these different character defects or shortcomings, and it comes back down. You can trace mostly everything to fear. Yeah. That I'm afraid what people will think if I don't set a boundary. I'm afraid of, you know, the, what I'll look like if I don't do, you know, it all mm -hmm. comes down to fear. And, and you know, I, I forget what I was, something on Oprah, Super Soul, <laughs> where the guy was saying that, that we come from two places, two places only, fear or love, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of our motivations are fear. Yeah. And so it all comes down to, in that St. Francis prayer, he's not saying, you know, he's, he's fleeing Egypt and then the Red Sea just parted. He's saying, do the contrary action to whatever that is. Hatred, love, you know, yeah. if, if you need to forgive someone. And again, you know, that's a whole other podcast about forgiveness. But it's like when you forgive someone, you don't have to go tell them that you forgive them. It yeah. just takes all that that sickness and that energy away from it. Yeah, so, it sucks the poison out. <clears throat> I remember when I would w look at the St. Francis prayer and uh, I think, oh, it's uh, like when there's anger out there, you know, change it. To, and then I was like, no, lame. They're talking about what happens within you. Yeah. You know, and, and that was really, uh, you know, a moment of clarity for me where I was like, oh, fuck. I have to change that within me, the humility, the awareness, the emotional, um, you know, the emotional sobriety, the yeah. spiritual maturity. Well, the deflation you know. of the ego, exactly. you know, and that's what like, you know, that word humility, like when I think of it now, that's what I think of is that, you know, um, I think it is would be very easy to say that uh, from a lot of us, you know, being like a bit of an egomaniac is probably yeah. sure should be on our list of character defects. Uh, I know it's on mine. And that for me, the contrary action to that is humility. And it is like in the prayer that we just read, um, you know, to seek to console rather than to be consoled, to seek to... Uh, understand rather than to be understood yeah and i like i because i was i am someone was someone i'm working on trying to become someone who um i always felt very misunderstood yes yeah and i think and that's a common thread you know um, you don't get me yeah you just don't understand <laughs> uh that that has been a really pivotal part of my personal step six and seven is that it isn't like you said it's an inside job and that for me i need to look at like talking less and listening more right. um and and trying to even if i don't agree with somebody listening to them and hearing what they have to say um because it helps me grow as a spiritual being, you know, that to learn that it isn't all about me. The world does not revolve around me, despite as I, me wanting it to. 
And a lot of times what I've learned is because I'm the fixer, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm in like, okay, call the fixer, like in oh, Pulp yeah. Fiction, you know, okay, we need him to get in here and clean this up. And so what's been really humbling for me is that people don't always want you to fix everything. Someone yeah. might just want to talk to you and they want someone to listen. And there's nothing better than a good listener that interjects their story about it. It's just yeah. like, you know, wow, I mean, I get it, you're suffering. How, is there anything I can do to support you? Yes. I mean, that for me is all, I'm finishing people's sentences. You know, I'm like already thinking about how I can fix this fucking thing. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. so for me to take a step back and say, maybe the person just wants to talk and vent and, and they don't need you to fix anything. That's been a pretty revolutionary deal for me. It's like, you know, don't don't go around thinking everybody wants your, you know, your point of view. And in, in the seven spiritual laws of success, as Deepak talks about, I think it's the uh, fourth uh, spiritual law where it's the law of least effort. You yes. know, and it goes uh, into those three things as acceptance I'm in acceptance of this character defect. You know, I'm going to take, the second part is I'm going to take responsibility and stop blaming you for my life. Yeah. You know, and in and, and that perpetual victimism, right? And then the third one is what we were just talking about is, you know, defenselessness, where I don't have to convince you of my point of view. Yeah. And just kind of sit back and and let the world be as it is, you know? And it always comes back to that. Like you said, it's an inside job. All of this shit is already here. It, you know, everyone's seeking outside of themselves for something to fix them, and it's already in here. You yes. know, we sit at the, the feet of gurus waiting for them to, to fix us. There's, there is, um, you know, there is validity for teachers, you know, that's what we're doing now is that someone yeah. that went before me that took the 12 steps, I'm not just going to wing it by myself. <laughs> I'm going to get a sponsor and help me through the 12 steps. I, I wouldn't have known any of this shit unless someone taught it to me. Yes. You know, but it's just, it's about coming back to that word is doing the fucking work. This isn't going to, you know, wipe your own nose. We talked yes. about that. You know, if my nose is running, I'm just going to pray for my nose to stop working. I gave well, you two hands fucking to get a Kleenex and wipe your own fucking nose. Do the work, yeah. man. Take, take the, the initiative to get into it. If you need to take the contrary action, I don't want to go to a meeting. Go to a meeting anyway, you know? Yeah. I don't want to go for a walk and, and help my, you know, for exercise. You do it anyway. You force yourself and then it becomes habitual and then becomes part of your, your life, you know? Yeah. And so... By doing that, you know, especially the second part of that fourth uh, spiritual law is taking responsibility and quit being a wanker. Pretty much. You know, and, and blaming everybody for your fucking life. Yeah, but my mom didn't hug me enough or, you know, or it's my inner child's wounded. You know, and I'm not trying to discount that stuff and, and it's good to go back to it. Yeah. But if that's going to keep you in the spoon or keep you in the bottle, yeah, what the fuck? fuck? It. Yeah. yeah, I mean. No, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, it's those excuses, you know, and that's what 
for me, you know, like step seven really is, is, you know, the the alleviation of those character defects, the work that we do towards uh, towards getting that relief. Um, I mean, it's the, I think I've talked about this with you before, that, like, I call it, like, the Dorothy complex, you right. know, where at the end, you know, Dorothy went goes to Oz, goes through all this crazy shit, has right. to, you know, almost dies, and uh, and then at the very end, you know, she finally is able to maybe, you know, she reaches the end, reaches the wizard, and then Glinda's like, you had the power the whole time. Exactly. You, and you're like, bitch, yeah. you couldn't have told me that? Oh, but you had to learn for yourself. Exactly. We have you to wouldn't go, have believed we have me. to go through, right? Yes, and it is, it is that, like, that moment of clarity, that realization that, I mean, now I'm going to quote Joni Mitchell, you know, it all comes down to you. Yeah. My mom will love that I just quoted that. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it's, but it is, it's the truth that I think so often there is almost like a, like a pass the buck mentality where you're waiting for somebody else, whether it's, you know, oh, well, I was, I've been praying for God to remove this shortcoming, whatever it is, and nothing's happening, right. you know? Well, what have you done? Yeah. You know, what have you, what are you doing in your life to change that thing? Um, because it is nothing, for me, I don't know, maybe I'm just a hater by nature. Most things sound shitty until I do them. Right. And then I'm like, that really wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's uh, when you said uh, waiting for someone, uh, you know, someone said, you know, well, I got to this mountain and I said, God, please move this mountain. And he goes, get a fucking shovel. Yeah. You know, y'all yeah, help, but get a shovel, wipe your own nose. You know, it's about doing the work. I mean, it comes down to that practical application mm -hmm. that if you do something, you'll get a result. And then another thing that you have to realize with character defects, it's that uncover, discover, discard. You yes. know, if we don't, like when we, you know, wouldn't admit we were an addict or we wouldn't admit we're an alcoholic, looking at it and then saying, finally, I've uncovered this problem uh, discovered, uncovered, discovered, discard, and then like discover what is the, the, the solution and then discard it. So it's, it's with a character defect. If I don't know it's a problem, I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. You know, when these character defects or shortcomings become so glaring in your life and they're causing problems for you and for other people, you have to make a change, you know, or not and just live with it and but it does cause suffering. Yeah. You know, and then again, what why it what is the what is the pushback or resistance to wanting to change is fear. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what's gonna happen to me if I do this, because I've been doing this for so mm -hmm. long, but if I do it differently, well, I mean it's, it's then just like, who am I? Yeah, who am I? And you know, they talk about that I think in the twelve and twelve. Will I just be the the hole in the donut, nothingness? Well, hopefully, like you know, like in the Zen thing, it's not becoming something; it's becoming no thing. It's like yeah. no ego, no fear, no self doubt, none of that. Well, you know, we're not sitting on these couches going to be enlightened today. It's a process, <laughs> you know, trusting the process waiting for the onion, you know, the layers of the onion to peel and saying, ha, huh, fuck, I did that for so long. That doesn't really work anymore, yeah. you know? I was a racist for years and I'm like, well, I'm not a racist anymore, you know, or a bigot or a hater. And it's like, 
this isn't a spiritual path to do these things. How can I change this by doing contrary action? Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, to me, it just comes down to that, you know, uncover, discover, discard. Willingness is a big word. Humility. And again, people say, well, I don't know how to change it. I'm waiting for someone to change. Well, no one's going to, no there's one's no gonna entity. Yeah. You know, you are the one. You have the power within you. You know, in a spiritual appendix, in the spiritual appendix in the big book, it's, it talks about we have tapped into this inner resource, yes. not outer resource, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I believe that there's some divine goodness and, you know, energy or whatever, you know, deals out there. Spirit we can plug into, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like we can plug into our lower selves, our higher selves, you know. Yeah. And I talk about that in the book a lot is that when we live our lives by these set of principles, when we put our character defects in check, when we put our shortcoming, when we have emotional maturity, when we have spiritual maturity, we're vibrating on a different level because everything is energy. Yes. You know, and so, you know, it comes down to the choice is yours. But when it's they're glaring in your face, that's a better way to do it, you know? Yeah, and so often, you know, we move at the speed of pain. You know, when something becomes uncomfortable enough, because trust and believe, I can sit in something uncomfortable for a long time. It's when it's like, you said, like glaring. And it's causing me pain and suffering in my life right now. Um, that that's when I really need to to do something about it or I need to, you know, start thinking about doing something about it. And like you said, it's easier when we're, you know, I want to say easier, don't go back drinking and using, but when you're drinking, you're, ah, I'm fucked up, sorry, bro. You know, I, Yeah, like, what I, do you like, expect? Yeah, God, what, you're like someone like, what did you say to him? And it's like, yeah, fuck, I was drunk, sorry, bro. Yeah. You know, well, now you're awake. Yeah. You know? If someone said, what did you do? Oh, God, I know, man. I've, I've got to change that, you know? I'm really sorry. And, and it's all about a process. And, and don't beat yourself up. And this is what they say, and it goes to step 10, is when these crop up, when, we, when they come up in our lives yeah. of, of recovery, we look to see how, you know, what we can do to change that and look to see how we can be helpful to someone else. The other big part of this is that I use this analogy in my in the book of like, you know, this guy was helping me fix a clutch in my car, mm-hmm. which I, I am not a mechanic. I don't claim I'm a pretty good helper. I can hand a screwdriver <laughs> yeah, to someone. Yeah. And he said, uh, oh, the slave cylinder, it's on a, a manual transmission. He goes, the slave cylinder, what most people do is when they're driving, they rest their foot on the clutch. And he goes, that engages the slave cylinder and, and it wears it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh, wow, I never even knew that. And he said, well, you'll probably do it again. But when you remember that you're doing it, take your foot off the clutch. So you're not engaging the slave cylinder. And I was like, it's kind of like a character defect. When you see yourself doing that, yeah. stop, change the behavior. And once in, by doing that over and over and over, it'll become less and less, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to say I guarantee it. I'm just saying it's part of the process. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, guarantee is a strong word, but I mean, chances are. Awareness. Oh, yeah. Awareness. You have, I have the power, you have the power to change these things. 
So kind of just to recap on everything we talked about, if we completely confused you about it all, <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about those two things, you know, character defects and willingness, I mean, and, and shortcomings. And, and the two big words is willingness and humility, you yeah. know, and, and it says, you know, because that's where people get confused or like entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you're the God, but you're the power that can do this, yeah. you know. And, and then, you know, step seven, uh, 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 so Humble, humbly ask, ask God. To, wait, no, that's yeah. Made a list? No, because step six is made a list of our. No, no. Uh, be entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Yeah, step humbly seven. ask Him to remove our shortcomings. There we go. So again, we're asking someone, but you're asking yourself to look at these patterns of of, of behavior. And if you think it's the universe making you aware of it, that groovy. You oh, know, absolutely. If you're saying, are you getting these shots? But you're awake now. You're yeah. sober. So, you know, entirely ready to have God remove these defects of characters. Be having that awareness, you know, and then humbly asking us humility to remove these shortcomings. So those are the two things, willingness and, um, and humility. Yeah. No, exactly, because that's the thing. I mean they will keep coming up. I mean, I know people describe it as whack-a-mole. You know, you hit, you get one and then another one pops up over there. And they, they will just keep revealing themselves to you. And to, for me, in my own conception of, you know, a higher power, whatever it is, like it is, it's, the it is it is in the revealing that I see right. the evidence of that. Yep. You know? It's so true. It's like that's the power that wow, I see that and I'm not comfortable with that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that I wanna change that. And I'm humble and I, enough to say, Yep, that's not working for me. And to have the self empowerment enough to say I can change that. Yep. And and so yeah, that's step six and seven. <laughs> in and, a nutshell. In a nutshell. And, you know, if if you're saying, God, I don't really have any character defects, man, get into a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's like what they say. That's like putting miracle grow on your character defects. Yeah. And see where you're not, you know, the behavior is glaring, you know. So, again, thanks for listening tonight. Yes, this is as Tasha always. Martin. Oh, that's me signing <laughs> off. And I'm David Vardabedian. Um, you can always go to uh, the website, The 12 Steps Without God. It's not one, two, it's spelled out 12. And you can find these podcasts or you can buy a book and or email me and, and we'll talk. So again, thanks for everybody for being here and we'll see you next time. I'd like to thank all the people that are involved in making this happen. Gerald Jones for producing and engineering this podcast. He's absolutely brilliant. Follow him on Instagram at Sonia HTML. His music is amazing. Maya Grace for her hair and makeup. I know what you're saying. This is a podcast. Why do you have hair and makeup? We just want to look awesome for each other. See you next time.